0: You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you, going to have some fun today on the podcast, reminiscing about the 2018 NFL draft. And if you recall last summer, I spent some time looking back at previous Buffalo Bills draft classes, and we didn't do 2018 because, as I say all the time, it takes three full seasons in the NFL for players to define what they are. And so you cannot possibly grade a draft class sooner than what happened three years ago when the players have had three full seasons to tell us what they are in the NFL. And so the time has now come for us to do the 2018 NFL draft retrospect and consider what Brandon Bean was able to accomplish in that draft and talk about the players that he brought in and how things have panned out. So to start the conversation, I want to talk about the scenario of the team, the environment of the team before the draft, heading into the 2018 NFL draft. So this was Brandon Bean's first draft as general manager. The 2017 draft, that was run by Sean McDermott, and then, of course, Doug Whaley and his staff provided the scouting work, but McDermott was the decision maker. This time, it was Brandon Bean's show. The team was coming off a 9-7 and record. They made the playoffs the previous year. Do you guys all remember that. Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, Cincinnati Bengals doing their job to knock off the Baltimore Ravens, all the crazy moments there in week 17 and the Bills' playoff drought is ended in year one of Sean McDermott's reign as head coach. So they're coming out of that season, and I've long said I don't think the Bills were anticipating making the playoffs that year. I think it was very much a rebuild year, a retool year, and gear up for the future. I mean, there were some people out there that said the Bills were tanking when they traded away Sammy Watkins and Ronald Darby and Marcel Darius. They said they were tanking. Well, the Bills tanked their way to the playoffs. But in terms of the high-level vision for the team, I don't think the Bills were counting on earning – a pick at number 22 overall, right? They they were probably anticipating picking much higher in the draft. And so let's set the scene a little bit further by talking about what the Bills did in the months before the draft, after they lost to Jacksonville in the first round of the playoffs, and until the NFL draft, what moves were made? Well, first of all, let's talk about who they signed. The free agents that the Bills signed prior to the draft, Cornerback Vontae Davis, one year, $5 million. That didn't go so well. Chris Ivory, a running back, two years, $5.5 million. Raphael Bush, a cornerback, he signed, two years, $4.5 Defensive tackle Star Tulale, five years, $50 million. Linebacker Julian Stanford, two years, $3 million. Defensive end Trent Murphy, three years, $22.5 million. Quarterback A.J. McCarron, two years, $10 million. Center, Russell Bodine, two years, $5 million. And then one-year minimum deals with offensive tackle Marshall Newhouse and wide receiver Jeremy Curley. So not a whole lot to show from that free agent class. In fact, I'd say it was pretty much a big flop. I mean, Raphael Bush gave you one good season of play at the nickel. Starla Tulele has been a reasonable starting one tech. Julian Stanford gave you some okay play on special teams. Trent Murphy was mostly a disappointment despite starting a fair amount of games in his three years with the Buffalo Bills. I think the most impressive part of this class, this free agent class, was being able to get draft picks back for McCarron, Bodine, and Marshall Newhouse. So uh, the Bills didn't have a ton of cap space to work with. All the onus was on the NFL draft and a draft that the Bills entered with tons of capital. We'll get into that. In just a moment, but first, let's uh, mention the departures. The Bills lost from their team the previous year. Offensive tackle, Santrell Henderson. Linebacker, Preston Brown. You guys remember Preston Brown? Were you fans of him? I wasn't a big fan of Preston Brown. He didn't have great range. I like guys that can play in space and cover. And Preston Brown wasn't that type of player. And I'll never forget Brown talking about how he liked to wear hoodies to practice so that he can hide candy and gummy worms in the pockets of the hoodie so he could eat them during practice. I mean, come on. You got to be a little bit more focused than that. Got to care a little bit more about your nutrition than that to be so interested in eating candy that you can't put it aside for a couple hours to go to a football practice. So that always rubbed me the wrong way about him. The Bills also lost wide receiver Deontay Thompson and cornerback EJ Gaines. They traded away Tyrod Taylor, the quarterback and offensive tackle Cordy Glenn. Both of those deals wound up being very good for the Bills. The Bills sent Tyrod Taylor to the Cleveland Browns for a third-round pick, number 65 overall. I think that was a great value back for Tyrod Taylor. And then Cordy Glenn, the Bills sent him to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bills traded pick number 21 in the draft and number 158 in the draft to go up to number 12, and they also recouped pick 187. And that was an instrumental move that got the Bills close enough so that they could trade up one more time and get Josh Allen. So parting with Cordy Glenn, who was a flop for the Bengals, who clearly didn't have any more good football left in him based on what we saw in Cincinnati, to part with him to move up to number 12 and get in striking distance for Josh Allen is absolutely tremendous work by Brandon Bean. So the Bills entered the 2018 NFL Draft with a ton of draft capital. They had two first-round picks, 12 and 22. They had two second-round picks, uh, number 53, their original selection, and number 56, which they got back from the Rams in the Sammy Watkins deal. They had two third-round picks, number 65, which they got back from the Cleveland Browns in exchange for Tyrod Taylor. They had number 96, which was the pick they got back from the Eagles in the Ronald Darby deal. And then they had an original third-round pick, number 85 overall, but they traded that to the Carolina Panthers as part of the Kelvin Benjamin deal. They had their original fourth-round pick, which was number 121. They had two fifth-round picks, their original, and number 166 from the Jacksonville Jaguars in exchange for Marcel Darius. They had a sixth-round pick, which was the pick that they got in the Cordy Glenn deal, number 187. They recouped that in the deal. And then in the seventh round, Their original pick, they traded to the Jaguars for linebacker Lorente McRae, and then they acquired 255 back in the Josh Allen deal. So that was kind of the draft capital that the Bills had to work with once they started making selections. And so the Bills were loaded with draft capital. This was the draft that this regime pushed all their chips in to produce a franchise-altering haul. And this is coming on the heels of, in 2017, Landing Tredavious White, Deion Dawkins, and Matt Milano, which are fixtures for this organization. Those are building blocks for the organization. And so, how they paired those selections with what they were able to accomplish in 2018 would be defining for the Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean era of Buffalo Bills football. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So now that we've set the scene for what things were like entering the 2018 NFL Draft for the Buffalo Bills, let's examine what they accomplished. Let's grade this 2018 NFL Draft that was assembled by General Manager Brandon Bean. Well, they traded up multiple times, the first trade-up got them from 12 to 7 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They sent picks number 53 and 56 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in exchange for number 7 overall, and with that pick, the Buffalo Bills selected Josh Allen, quarterback, Wyoming. How did you feel when that happened? How did that make you feel? Were you like me and were hopeful that the pick was Josh Rosen? Probably. I know a lot of you guys felt that way. Were you hoping for Lamar Jackson? Or was Josh Allen your guy? Well, Josh Allen obviously was the right selection. This is an absolute slam dunk of a pick for Brandon Bean. And the Bills bet on themselves. They absolutely bet on themselves when it came to Josh Allen and believing they could develop him and build around him to get the most out of his ridiculous physical traits. And the quarterback we saw last year was elite. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If the rest of Josh Allen's career is like what he did in 2020, he's a first ballot hall of famer. Now, a lot of seasons have to be stacked together. There's longevity required. But that dude was sensational. One of the most dynamic playmakers in the NFL. Number two in the MVP voting. Unbelievable. I mean, that's an absolute slam dunk of a selection. Josh Allen wasn't even a great college quarterback. It was all about the traits. And my goodness, have the Buffalo Bills written a book on how to develop a quarterback and how to build around a quarterback and how to coach a quarterback. And Josh Allen deserves a lot of credit. I've said this before. The thing that is most responsible for Josh Allen's development is Josh Allen. You hear people talk all the time about Stephon Diggs and how much he's meant to Josh Allen and how well the Bills have built the offense around him and Brandon Bean and Brian Dable and even his personal quarterback coach, Jordan Palmer. But the person that is most responsible for Josh Allen's development is Josh Allen. The dude has worked extremely hard. He's gotten better. He's embraced being a leader. He has the right personality. He's a perfect culture fit. He's a perfect fit for the city of Buffalo. He has embraced it. He has become this. He's the one that deserves the credit. He's made believers out of everyone, it feels like. There's still some people out there that'll tell you he was a one-year wonder. All right, well, 2021 hasn't happened yet. But the reality is, this guy basically left no doubt with the way he played last year. Ace test after test after test. He met moment after moment after moment. Do you remember listening to this podcast back in you know 2019 and 2020? And we talked about Josh Allen. And how many times did I go back to How is Josh Allen going to meet this moment? This is the next test for Josh Allen. How will he respond? Folks, 2020 was the ultimate, hey man, I met the moment, hey man, I aced the test. I can't wait to watch this guy continue playing quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, continue his evolution as a player, and continue to rewrite the record books for the Buffalo Bills franchise when it comes to passing. I couldn't be more happy that Josh Allen is a quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. So we're not just going to talk about Josh Allen, although it's a pretty significant draft pick that was made that is going to redefine the future of the team. They made seven more selections, so let's get into those. So after number seven, they were next slated to pick at number 22 overall. Well, they traded up. They went from 22 to 16. They traded with the Baltimore Ravens. They sent picks 22 and 65 to the Ravens in exchange for pick 16 and pick 154. And with pick 16, they selected Tremaine Edmonds, linebacker, Virginia Tech. I know right now the consensus opinions of Tremaine Edmonds aren't that great. Think there's a level of disappointment in how he played last year. And I think that's what people are focusing on. I'm focusing on the player I watched in twenty nineteen. I'm focusing on him being twenty three years old and being a two time team captain and being a two time pro bowler. I'm focusing on his physical gifts. And what that length, what his size, what his speed can mean to the Buffalo Bills defense moving forward, and quite honestly, what it has meant to this point. I'm focusing on the way his teammates talk about him. I'm focusing on the way Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier talk about him. So if you want to put your frustrations into 2020, and Tremaine Edmonds not meeting your expectations and ignoring that, he had a shoulder injury that bothered him starting in week one and that Matt Milano only started five games and that the defensive line in front of him was not what they expected with the lack of a true one-tech on the roster, then go ahead. Go ahead and be a negative person. That ain't going to be me. I know what this player can do. I know what he's shown, and I know what he can be. Tremaine Edmonds at pick number 16 is one that I am still very, very excited about. In the third round, pick number 96, the Buffalo Bills selected Harrison Phillips, defensive tackle from Stanford. Phillips very quickly became a fan favorite. You watch him at Stanford, he plays really, really hard. You know, he's a former wrestler. You watch him at the Senior Bowl, and he's a leader. And, you know, he's the first guy on the field, and he's got a kid on his shoulders, and he's carrying an American flag. I mean, the ultimate likable guy. Some things got a little bit ridiculous early on about him being this replacement to Kyle Williams and you know some of the similarities that exist with their personalities. And I think that got expectations a little bit out of control. I wouldn't have picked Harrison Phillips this high. I think his ceiling is as an average rotational defensive lineman in the NFL. I know he had some peaks, In 2019, he played pretty well in the playoffs this past year. But there's been no sustained level of high-caliber play when it comes to Harrison Phillips. And I'm talking about the player I watched back at Stanford. You know, the entire duration of keeping track of Harrison Phillips as a football player. Now, I know that's a little bit complicated because he's had a couple of major knee injuries that have sidetracked him, but, I mean, that's part of it, right? Like, he's been injured. And that has impacted his ability to consistently perform. So he's the most challenging pick to grade so far. I would say Josh Allen is a hit. Tremaine Edmonds is a hit. It still feels like Phillips is to be determined. Big year for him. Contract year. The Bills need him, right? Defensive tackle, I think, is a thin spot on the roster. And if he could reach a caliber of play and sustain that, that would mean a lot for the Bills' defense this year. And it would mean a lot for the contract that he gets next. In the fourth round, pick number 121 overall, the Buffalo Bills selected Taron Johnson, cornerback, Weber State. I was really excited about this pick when it was made. Johnson was one of my favorite sleeper prospects from the draft. I enjoyed watching him at the Senior Bowl. Had a really nice background, productive player for Weber State, physical. Thought he'd be a really nice slot cornerback. And he very quickly became the Bills' starting slot cornerback. And honestly, his best season still might be his rookie season. Now, unfortunately, that was cut short due to injury. And he's had some nagging injuries throughout the course of his career. And he certainly struggled at the beginning of 2020. But he will be forever remembered for what he did late in the season last year the pick six against Pittsburgh, the pick six against Baltimore in the playoffs, monumental moments. And Johnson is entering a critical year. He, just like Harrison Phillips, is in a contract year. And so I'm sure he's going to want to show out and get paid, and the Bills need him to. The Bills need him to be a more consistent player throughout the entirety of the season, to play like he did down the stretch, this past year and reignite what we saw from him as a rookie. Stay healthy. I think he could be a really good slot corner for the Bills. I think he's been a hit to this point. I mean, in the fourth round to get a guy that's been a starting slot corner for you for three seasons now and has been part of you know what has collectively been very good Bills past defenses, I think he's already been a hit. Now let's see him be consistent this year and continue to lock down this slot cornerback position for a long, long time. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the planet. So many amazing flavors. I really love the raspberry and the coconut almond. I've been hung up on those for a couple of weeks now. They are delicious. They're all delicious. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but it is good for you. Built Bar is great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, you got to try Bill Bars. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and perfect for anyone who is on the keto diet. Got a deal for you? Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. So let's cover the last four selections that the Bills made in the 2018 NFL Draft, and I have some interesting takes on each and every one of them. In the fifth round, pick number 154 overall, the Buffalo Bills selected Saran Neal, defensive back from Jacksonville State. Saran Neal was another defensive back that I liked a ton in the scouting process, just like Teron Johnson. He was one of my sleeper defensive backs. and I remember watching him at Jacksonville State, and when you follow his career, you see that he played linebacker, he played safety, he played outside corner, he played slot corner. And one thing that I could tell you, is that he was extremely physical. He loved to hit, and at that level of competition, they can put him on top of you know, the other team's best receiver and just jam him on the line of scrimmage in press coverage. And you've seen the Bills do that from time to time when they go up against a DK Metcalf or that type of player where not every play but occasionally they put Siron Neal right on top of him and say, hey, beat this guy up at the line of scrimmage and they'll bracket him with a safety over top. Um, But for the most part, I mean, Saran Neal hasn't become a meaningful part of the Bills' defense, but he has become an extremely meaningful part of the Bills' special teams, and he's an outstanding gunner. He's an outstanding vice on the punt return unit, and that is really valuable. In the fifth round, to get a player that is one of your core special teamers that fill critical roles for you but also provides depth on defense, I mean, that's what you're looking for. And so Saran Neal, I think, will continue to fill that role for the Bills' I'm not sure he's a second contract guy. Maybe if he signs like a Julian Stanford type deal, you know, two years, three million, something like that. Uh, But um, I think he's been a hit. I mean, when you talk about the fifth round to get Saran Neal caliber contributions, I think is quite meaningful. In the fifth round, the Bills also made another selection, number 166 overall, Wyatt Teller, guard from Virginia Tech. Wyatt Teller was one of my favorite sleeper offensive linemen In the 2018 NFL draft, I would have picked him higher, to be honest with you. And I was excited for the Bills when they got him. And he got some run as a rookie, and then the Bills wound up trading him to the Cleveland Browns. And he was okay in his first season in Cleveland, and he became an elite player this past year for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, some people will tell you he was one of the best five guards in the NFL last season. He was sensational. And now he's in a situation where he's coached by Bill Callahan, and that entire Cleveland Browns offensive line is elite. The Browns had the best offensive line in the NFL, and Wyatt Teller is part of that. But he was certainly in a situation where he could be maximized. Now, obviously, we wish he was performing at that level for the Buffalo Bills, but you don't get to grade trades with the benefit of hindsight. At the time, not many people really blinked an eye at the deal because we thought Teller could get cut to begin with. And so for Brandon Bean to recoup a couple of draft picks for a guy he was going to cut, we mostly celebrated that. Well, now that Wyatt Teller's become an elite guard, we now have questions. Well, that's not how it works. Hindsight analysis is bad. Remember how you felt at the time? Everybody was wrong about it. Good for Cleveland. They got a good player, but at the end of the day, that's a major hit for Brandon Bean to get a player of Teller's caliber at pick number 166 overall. The Bills' next selection came in the sixth round, pick number 187 overall, and they selected Ray-Ray McLeod, a wide receiver from Clemson. This pick I did not love. I value ball handling a lot. I mean, you got to be able to have clean hands. You have to be able to not fumble. And if you're going to be a return guy, you can't be muffing kicks. And McLeod was kind of that guy where he was a flashy player, but he fumbled a lot. And he didn't cleanly field punts. And I'm like, I don't want anything to do with that. Now, to his credit, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers really like Ray-Ray McLeod. And I think the Bills did too for a while. But he went to Carolina and had ball handling issues. He had ball handling issues with the Bills. He's had ball handling issues with the Steelers, but they keep rolling with him. But the fact is, he's become a meaningful special teams player, a depth-wide receiver in the NFL since he's been drafted. And so in the sixth round, pick 187, I think that's kind of what you're looking for. This guy's pretty much been on a 53-man roster since he's been drafted, and that says a lot about him as a player. And so it wasn't a steal, but it certainly wasn't a miss. I would say for what McCloud has become and where the Bills got him, that's been a hit in terms of an overall draft pick. Again, some of these guys are hits, but it's not necessarily because they were a hit in terms of what they became for the Bills. I'm talking about where they were drafted and what role they have claimed in the NFL. So while Teller and McLeod were not hits for the Bills, it was a hit as a draft pick, and that's kind of what I'm looking at here. The last pick that the Bills made, uh, seventh round, 255 overall, Austin Prohl, wide receiver from North Carolina. Talked about this a couple times here on the podcast. This was a pick that, I didn't like at the time. I didn't think Austin Prohl was a draftable player. And I felt like Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott were doing a favor to a buddy, you know, Ricky Prohl, who they spent time with in Carolina, former NFL wide receiver, a guy that was a a coach in the NFL. And um, Austin, just like his brother Blake, who was a prospect at East Carolina this past year, I mean, there's such a replaceable skill set. There's nothing special about it. You know, gritty route runners that have good hands, but modest overall physical gifts. You get those guys all the time. And so there's just not enough that they can hang their hat on to be draftable commodities and ultimately have meaningful NFL careers. So I felt like this was a favor. And Austin Prohl never made the Bills team and hasn't made an impact in the NFL at all. So at the end of the day, the Bills made eight selections. Josh Allen hit, Tremaine Edmonds hit. Harrison Phillips, to be determined. Teron Johnson, hit. Saran Deal, hit. Wyatt Teller, hit. Ray Ray McLeod, hit. And Austin Prohl, a miss. Five hits, one to be determined, and one miss. And your one miss being a late seventh round pick, 255 overall. Great work by Brandon Bean. That is tremendous work by Brandon Bean. And when you put that together, with what the team accomplished in the 2017 draft with Tredavious White, Deion Dawkins, and Matt Milano. That's why the Buffalo Bills are Super Bowl contenders this year and were last year. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today here on the podcast. You can go ahead and put it down. Sometime next summer, we are going to do the 2019 Buffalo Bills draft retrospect after we have three full seasons to evaluate the players and what they have become in the NFL. So it'll be a summer tradition for us to go back three years and evaluate the Bills draft class and what they were able to accomplish. I'm really excited about next week on the podcast, Uh, Monday and Tuesday. It's going to be something really cool. I'm collaborating with several other Bills podcasters on a project that we've been working on. And I cannot wait to share that with you. And then later in the week, We have um, OTAs, mandatory OTAs are next week. So there should be plenty of reports and press conferences and information coming out of One Bill's Drive. So we will cover all of that next week. But first, enjoy your weekend. And I'd love it if you took a moment to share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Have an awesome day, and I look forward to catching up with you next on Monday.